Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show you can listen to while ironing your sheets if you're a fan of Audible.com or Kevin Godby. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe-smoking dedicated broadcast. Coming to you from the smoke-filled studio built here at my office just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Second week, I'm back at home, rested up in the swing of things. So, in this episode, in Pipe Parts, we're going to get into bulk tobacco. Bulk tobacco buyers, this one's just for you. My guest coming up, Jack Carlos, another truly unique and inspirational member of our hobby, member of the forums, listener of the radio show. Just wait until you hear what we talk about. Uh, Music going back to the blues, going to celebrate the blues for the dog days of summer that are coming up right around the corner yeah it's the long hot days of summer and they're uh, coming up so i got a rant at the end all the usual in the mailbag gonna be fun hey i don't want to pick on kevin too much but uh i don't know anything about ironing my own sheets but i do know to lift my spirits got a glass of uh, maker's mark sitting right here courtesy of peter thank you very much Ah, that does uh, lighten the spirits on a hot summer night. Um, Just so that you don't think I'm a little strange, I'm working on building a uh, butterfly garden in our backyard. That's going to be the project for the end of the summer. We're going to get it uh, built, screened in, planted, and uh, get ready to buy some... uh, Buy some caterpillars or whatever we buy to uh, start a butterfly garden growing in the uh, springtime. So by next year, maybe we'll have a whole bunch of butterflies floating around in a uh, nice little enclosure in our backyard. But that'll be my project for this weekend in addition to uh, watching the race. Love those Pocono races. So, all right, let's get this show going. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to the fine folks at Sutliff Tobacco Company. Here we go. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. I'm Mark from Ohio, and I've tried so many tobaccos, but I just still can't find something that is just magical, a tobacco that I can fall in love with. I mean, I've tried reading reviews online and participating in forum discussions only to get burned. When I was about to give up, I discovered this amazing matching system for finding my perfect blend at SutliffTobacco.com. That's how I found my perfect blend, and I just love it. Finding the right tobacco doesn't have to be hard. There are lots of tobaccos waiting for you to fall in love with them. Finding that special tobacco shouldn't be left up to chance. Experience the magic of compatibility with our patented perfect match system. Try it at SutliffTobacco.com. Go to SutliffTobacco.com right now and find your perfect blend. Welcome. 
welcome back. Hey, don't forget Jack Carlos coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, don't forget, follow us on Facebook. The Pipes Magazine radio show has its own Facebook page. So, yeah, another thing to follow and like on Facebook. Anyway, bulk tobacco. Let's get into this because for those of you not in the United States, bulk tobacco or the idea of going into a smoke shop and buying tobacco by the ounce out of a jar and having it weighed out in a smoke shop is a foreign concept. For those of you in the United States... We are special. There are only a few places outside of the United States where you are, by law, allowed to go into a smoke shop and buy tobacco by the ounce. Everything in Europe, in Asia, it all has to come pre-packaged, pre-labeled by the manufacturer with the taxes paid. Cannot be sold by the ounce to you out of a jar. So, how did bulk tobacco begin? Let's go way, 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 way back to the old days when there were real tobacconists and they bought stocks of tobacco. Anyway, the bulk tobaccos were what you bought. You went in and the tobacconist bought tobacco from a supplier from the farmer, brought it into the store, sold it to you by the ounce. There was no such thing really as packaging until you start seeing that in the 1880s, 1890s. There was no really prepackaged tobacco. The bulk tobacco that we know of today is really a derivative of that. The tobacconist buys finished products or some condiments, some components, and mixes it. This was much more common when you go back into the early 1900s, where the tobacconist would create blends specifically for what they thought their customers would like. A very early and perfect example of this is the Dunhill My Mixture 965. I've talked about it before. It was a while back, but the My Mixture 965 was somebody who, if you wanted to go into the Dunhill store and you wanted them to come up with a blend for you, custom blend it to your taste or your desire, it became My Mixture, and sometimes it got a name, sometimes it got a number. The number 965 happened to be a blend that somebody came up with in the Dunhill store and became very popular. So Dunhill started prepackaging it and putting it in cans and making it available for people. Now, these tobaccos were all top-grade, top-notch tobaccos, and each tobacconist had their own unique twist on a blend, their own ways of styling a tobacco, and it was part of the reason why you always went back to your own favorite tobacconist. In Europe, you can't do it anymore. There is uh, two stores, I believe, in Denmark where they have the uh, My Own Blend or the Paul Olson My Own Blend program. And they're actually allowed to take component tobaccos, mix them together blend them for you to your taste and your desire, but then they have to put them into the 100-gram cans and sell them that way. Here in the United States, for those of you in Europe, it's very common and very easy to walk into any smoke shop you want to and pick up a half pound of this, a couple ounces of that, and back and forth. And you can see those all on uh, some of our online stores that, uh, that sell bulk tobaccos. Now, is there a difference between the tobaccos of then and the tobaccos of today? Yes, I will say there is because there are some 
condiments that aren't available anymore in bulk, so some tobacconists will have a hard time getting those individual oriental varietals to make those blends that they used to make back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Uh, we've heard a couple people talk about DPE from David P. Ehrlich. It's hard to get some of those components, and it's also hard to be able to mix it and get the consistency that you want and keep the volume because we've now kind of converted away from that. So the bulk tobacco market is really how tobacco started out being sold. Then by the, by the 20s and 30s, when you see the Industrial Revolution come in, now you start to see stuff getting packaged into tins and into cans. So imagine, if you will, with me, we roll back the clock about 90 years, and it's the 1920s, and you're able to walk into a tobacconist, and they'd have a, a handful of the national packaged brands that may be the same price or maybe a little bit more expensive, sometimes even cheaper than the house blends or the blends that they were mixing up there. But then you'd also have a tobacconist in the store that could custom blend, a blend directly for you, or they'd have anywhere from you know, a couple dozen to some stores had hundreds of blends sitting on the shelf for you to try that they thought that they made there that you could pick out. And it was a way for also, also for you to keep coming back there. So that's the intro to uh, Bulk Tobacco and how it came about. Future episode, I'll go into more, a uh, little more controversial details of bulk tobacco. In the meantime, hang on, because in just a few minutes, we'll have Jack Carlos on the phone with me. Have you ever found one of those magic pipes where anything you smoke in it tastes great? Do you know what makes a pipe magic? It's the wood. All Amadeus pipes are made from Grecian briar and come direct from the four generations family-owned briar mill. We supply wood to many of the top brand name factories and even to world-renowned pipe artisans. Now you can experience our ultra-high-grade briar at factory direct prices. We're the briar mill and we're the pipe makers. We've got every size, shape, and finish you can imagine at the best prices possible. From 50 to 150 and they're worth twice that. Get an Amadeus pipe now. They're magic and affordable. Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favourite blends outside of the US? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favourite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the US and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. Hey, how you doing? I sliced along here. Don't be stupid and tune into some other radio show to tell you about tobacco and smoke this and smoke that. Uh, talk to the Pipes Tobacco Radio Show. What is it called again? Pipes Magazine. Pipes Magazine Radio Show. That's what I listen to all the time, but I just can't remember it. That's all. Please welcome to the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Pipes Magazine radio show listener, forum member, pipe smoker, and I'm I'm just going to have to get into this to, to really let everybody in on what exactly it is that you do, but please welcome Jack Carlos. Jack, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, Brian. Uh, happy to be on the show today. 
And the reason we had to wait so long for you to be on the show is so that you could come back from Africa, where you are a community health worker and a missionary in Africa, correct? That is correct, yes. So, all right, so let's go back. You, you've come back from Africa now, but what did you want to be when you grew up? Because that's not exactly something that a lot of, uh, a lot of high school kids are thinking about. Yeah, that's for sure, and I think that uh, a lot of folks who know me knew me uh, going through uh, um, oh, junior high, high school, probably would have thought, "Wow, never would have thought Jack Carlos would be doing uh, mission work in in Africa." <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I am doing it. I love it. Uh, I I uh, when growing up, I remember the the first thing uh, I wanted to be was a paramedic. Uh, I don't know if you remember that show, Emergency. Oh, loved it. Um, yeah. Oh, Squad that, 51. It was a great show. Yeah. Yeah, Squad 51, that's right. Um, so that was the, the first thing that, that the first career that I, I wanted to do was, was do uh, paramedic work. Yeah. And then what was your first career? Well, uh, I, uh, I went to college. I really... The, the reason I went to college really wasn't to go to college, but was to play football, uh, which uh, I love. Uh, um, but uh, darn it, I didn't become a pro. Yeah, as hard as I tried, but just didn't work out for me. Uh, but a couple of good things happened to me along the way. I, I met my wife uh, in college. Um, we've been together now uh, twenty. It'll be twenty six years on August first coming up, and. Um, I um, also got a degree in criminal justice with the, the emphasis of uh, law enforcement. So my first uh, career that um, professionally that I started with was uh, in law enforcement. Yeah. And then from law enforcement, what came next? Well, um, I, I did law enforcement, and in the process of that, I really uh, just enjoyed um, – working with people, uh, helping people. And, uh, from there, uh, I just, uh, I felt called to, uh, go into ministry to, uh, to, um, you know, uh, find a way to help people on a, a deeper, uh, more personal level. And so for me, uh, that answer was, uh, to go back to school, um, and, uh, uh, learn, learn, um, how to do that. Uh, and I, I went to uh, uh, Concordia University, St. Paul, uh, and was uh, went to a school uh, in that in the school called uh, the Oswald Hoffman School of Christian Outreach, and uh, I became a director of Christian Outreach through through that uh, program. So that that's what my official degree is. And did you do ministry in in Minnesota? Mm-hmm. I uh, when I. When I first came out of school, I um, I spent some time uh, just uh, doing some um, ministry uh, in the inner city, but uh, I quickly was was uh, uh, given an opportunity to go to West Africa and uh, and uh, do mission work there. Uh, and the, the first country that we uh, went to was Liberia, um, and. Um, so we, we, uh, my wife, and uh, at that time I had two, two kids, uh, my son Raymond, and my daughter Hannah, and uh, we, 
uh, let's see, he was eight, she was six, and we went off to uh, West Africa and to Liberia, and um, we started doing mission work there, and um, I just really, really enjoyed it, really enjoyed the people, enjoyed working with the people. I thought it was I thought it was difficult to take a a nine year old and a five year old to Disney World for a week. You took two young kids to West Africa to live. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> that's where uh, really uh, those are times where you really just kind of depend on God. That, that <laughs> <laughs> those are some long flights, and uh, uh, we you have to get creative to keep those kids happy. But uh, we somehow we managed. We did it. So, so what was it like? Hit, I mean, getting into Africa for the first time. Well, um, it was. Got to be honest. When we were, you know, finally flying into our destination, the, the capital of Liberia in West Africa, we're, we're flying in as we're getting closer to the ground. I'm I'm looking out the window and. We're, we're flying into triple canopy jungle, and I thought to myself, first thing was I thought of Jurassic Park. Welcome to Jurassic Park. <laughs> and uh, and I, uh, I started to say, what did I do? Why am I doing this? <laughs> um, and uh, we got off that plane, and... Man, it was hot. And uh, we went into the building, and uh, right away, folks were, were f- real friendly to us. And, uh, we, we, you know, we didn't know. We were kind of like just newborn babies. We didn't know what to do, how to do things. But just people, you know, just uh, helped us along the way. And uh, uh, we just really, really enjoyed it a lot. Um, it was uh, it was really a, a great experience, that, that first experience uh, going into uh, Liberia. Um, it, was, it was really neat. From Liberia, where else have you been? Well, uh, unfortunately, we had to leave Liberia uh, because they, uh, a civil war. Well, the, the civil war in Liberia had, was just ending, but unfortunately, it wasn't totally ended by the time we got there. And so... There was still some uh, uh, fighting going on, and uh, we were woken up by machine gun fire and things like that a few times. And uh, we, uh, you know, uh, and and our embassy told us, really, we don't want you here. So we, <laughs> with that, we decided, well, <laughs> I guess we better we better go. So we went to uh, a neighboring country, uh, which is Cote d'Ivoire, the Ivory Coast, and we worked with uh, Liberian refugees on the border uh, and that the countries are divided by a by a river and so we were real close to the river and we we helped folks out um with, with just all kinds of things and that that's kind of the first time i got involved doing um uh, the community health work and just uh, realizing that that you know there was some real needs there and people really needed help uh, with their health and so that's a, the first taste of that was was in Liberia, um, and then from there we we went to Guinea, uh, which uh, we're currently in that that country. But um, this was about mm, 12 years ago, uh, 
when we were in Guinea. Uh, and again, we were doing uh, some refugee work. And um, then uh, we went to uh, yet another country, Burkina, uh, Burkina Faso, once known as Upper Volta, but now it's Burkina Faso. And we were living in the city of Ouagadougou and Excuse <laughs> learning me? Uh, West African French. <laughs> wow. They, so. they definitely have... Definitely have some city names. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's always a fun one to say, Wagadugu. Uh, <laughs> can't say can't say that in Texas. <laughs> so let let's fast forward. Um, well, mm-hmm. all right. Instead of fast forwarding, let's backtrack a little bit. When did okay. when did you start smoking a pipe? Well, uh, my first. I think running or experience with that has to be my grandpa. Uh, I remember being a little boy and uh, waking up in the morning uh, if we had spent the night uh, with them. Uh, they we, At the time, uh, we were living in Illinois, and, and my, my grandparents lived in, uh, we were more in the suburbs, my family, but my grandparents lived in Chicago. And uh, I... I'd like to spend the, the weekend sometimes with my, my grandparents. And I remember waking up uh, in the morning and, and smelling uh, pipe tobacco. And uh, it, it was just always such a, a pleasant smell and, and, and reminded me of my grandpa and, uh, you know, just who he was as a person, a uh, loving man. And uh, so I right away identified that, that smell, that pipe with, with my, uh, my grandfather. And, um, so, you know, time went along. Uh, certainly there was a few times where me and my cousin would, uh, uh, when no one was looking, grab my, my grandfather's pipes and play around with them and hold them in our mouths and stuff. Um, but um, I, I want to say, I'm thinking probably in college was the first time I, I actually, I think I went to a Walgreens or something, bought a pipe, some kind of tobacco. I think it was maybe Captain Black and, had no idea what I was doing, fired it up and uh, smoked a pipe and didn't really probably enjoy it all that much, uh, but uh, I thought it was cool. And uh, it's funny, too, because I remember uh, some of my friends, too, they thought, oh, that's pretty neat. So everybody was started kind of going out and getting pipes and um, remember uh, walking around the, the dorm with our bathrobes on and having pipes in our mouths. A whole bunch of little Hugh Hefners. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> Do you remember when you got seriously into pipes? Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. I I remember um, I had been oh saying to my wife, I think, uh, oh, I want to I want to get a, a, a nice pipe, and right? I want to you know, smoke the pipe every once in a while. It's, you know, relaxing. It's something I want to do, but I, I just never got around to it. And so I remember one Christmas, it's got to be probably 10 years ago. Um, she, uh, she bought me a, a pipe uh, for Christmas. It was a, a Savinelli. Uh, I don't remember uh, what, you know, uh, you know, what classification it was, but um I remember, um, you know, smoking that pipe, and um, I got to know, uh, I, I started going to uh, a tobacco uh, store by us, and 
um, trying different tobaccos. And so probably about, yeah, I would say about 10 years ago and uh, kind of on and off, uh, I, I would smoke my pipe. Um, and probably in the last five years now, I've, I've gotten more um, just really into it and have started collecting pipes and trying different tobaccos and, and really getting into the hobby quite a bit. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we're going to talk more about getting into the hobby. So we'll be back in just a minute. I'm not just a pipe smoker. I'm a Meerschaum pipe smoker. All of my pipes come from MeershamStore.com. They've been in business for 50 years, and I can trust that there will be no hassles. Orders are processed and shipped fast, and they have every shape you can imagine, including calabash, claws, dragons, horror, even a sexy series. MeershamStore.com. The most trusted Meerschaum store for 50 years. Does anything beat relaxing on the patio or playing 18 holes with a fine cigar during the summertime? Kathy of Cup of Joe's has the place for you. Queensberry Cigar and Pipe. Enjoy their cigar lounge with three large screen TVs or a patio to soak in the rays. You have to check out their beautiful cedar-lined walk-in humidor and their huge selection of pipes to choose from. They even have fast delivery for those of you that are out of the area. Queensberry Cigar and Pipe, Route 9, Queensberry. On Facebook under Cup of Joe's Cigars and Pipes and the web at cupofjoes.com. We are back. So, when you started getting into uh, into pipe collecting, uh, what were some of the brands? What was uh, describe how it described to me what it was kind of like deciding what you were going to collect and what caught your eye. Well, uh, the first thing I think uh, was uh, just you know getting into the whole um, oh I don't know world of, of pipe smoking and. And so I, you know, I got on uh, the, the um, Pipe Magazine website and um, I, uh, you know, uh, subscribed to that and um, just started looking at um, uh, different pipe makers, went on YouTube a lot and, uh, you know, watched a bunch of different videos of um, different pipe companies, pipe makers. Um, and then I went on eBay and then... Uh, I realized that some pipes are really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my uh, pocketbook, uh, it doesn't correlate well with that. And uh, also my wife, I think, would probably look at me uh, pretty strange if I started really blowing huge amounts of money. So I just started basically going, oh, that's a nice-looking pipe. It's not too expensive. I'll, I'll try that one. <laughs> so that's that's kind of how I started. So I've, I've got um, some fairly um, inexpensive pipes, uh, quite a few, um, that um, I have uh, you know cleaned up and uh, smoke them. I've given I've given some of them away. Um, then fairly quickly, um, I saw that you could get um, a hunk of briar with the, the tobacco hole and the, the draft hole drilled already in the in the briar. So um, I got a couple of those and just kind of used a coping saw and some files and sandpaper and made a, a couple pipes and uh, given a lot of those away. Um, uh, but um, I really don't, there's not really a specific uh, brand or, or, or pipe maker or anything that um, I really have, nor is my um, pipe collection really anything I think that 
uh, anyone go wow, you know, except for me, <laughs> just because I I smoked them and enjoyed them. So. Has uh, has the pipe as a Christmas present become a uh, tradition for you? Well, actually, that pipe, unfortunately, uh, with a couple other pipes, uh, was not. It was about a year ago. Um, I had come. We came home for a furlough, and someone broke into our van and stole all of the all of my my pipes and and some other things. Uh-huh. And uh, so I don't I don't have that that pipe anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, I it, it was you know it, it was my first what I guess considered my first serious pipe or my you know my pipe that um, kind of started the whole journey for me so um yeah i was i was bummed uh, to, to lose that one yeah so let's go back to happier thoughts okay <laughs> in your in your mission work you are working with some of the uh some of the locals in africa to mm-hmm. teach them how to smoke a pipe yeah well actually how that happened was um well for one thing you know uh People would see me, you know, uh, my name uh, there is Yakuba. Um, Yakuba Kamara is the name that the, the people have given me. And uh, so they would see uh, Yakuba sometimes sitting on his porch smoking a pipe. And, um, you know, they, they uh, would come to me and, and, and say, you know, um, you know, what is that? And ask me questions about it. And I started to think, hmm, um, you know, I wonder if there is uh, a place for this in, in the culture. And I, and I quickly found out that then, yes, there, there are there are people that, that smoke pipes in, in villages. Usually it's uh, older men, uh, elders, and it's, it's a very special thing. Uh, they, they, they smoke their pipes. Um, they, they're just made out of uh, ebony and they're very simple. Um, and um, But I also... Uh, Tobacco there is, you know, people love tobacco there, um, and it's very easy to buy cigarettes. They're very cheap, and, uh, you know, I know many, many uh, men that, that uh, will go through, you know, two, three packs a day uh, of cigarettes, and unfortunately, um, there are uh, problems as far as uh, blood pressure and, and things like that, uh, I guess just like anywhere in the world now, but their, their specific diet, there's a lot of uh, um, oil uh, in, the, in the food that they make. They use uh, palm oil, which is a very, very red, uh, rich oil, which is a very high cholesterol uh, oil, um, which unfortunately uh, raises the blood pressure. And that in combination with, with smoking, you know, two or three packs of, of cigarettes, a lot of them even unfiltered, um, be pretty rough on the body. And... Uh, so um, if I got to know someone real well and, and, and talk to them about their condition and they were taking it seriously, I would, I would invite them to come and, and uh, I'd say, hey, let, let's smoke a pipe together. And then uh, I'd, I'd show them you know, how I did it, uh, I'd give them some tobacco, and I'd give them a pipe. And um, I've, I've done that uh, probably at uh, least uh, 10 times now with, with, uh, with uh, different folks there. And... Uh, it's it's really quite fun because I've got I've got several guys now that just just love it, and uh, we just we'll sit together and, and smoke our pipes and talk, just like 
you know, anyone would do anywhere. So uh, I guess I have my own little West African uh, pipe club. (laughs) (laughs) Meetings are whenever they happen to happen. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and in Africa, it's more spontaneous. There's really, you know, if if I was to say to somebody, hey, come on over at at 7 o'clock and, you know, let's let's smoke a pipe, Uh, be more like 9 o'clock. And, uh, you know, that's just the way it is there. Uh, the the Africans are not real good with uh, schedules. No, it's just really not part of the the culture. Um, in Africa, uh, everything is kind of in the moment. Um, not you know, I'm talking more about you know village life. Um, you know, um, things happen, and you, it, it sometimes it's just not possible to you know do things at a, a proper time. Nor do many people have ways to know what time it is. Um, there, you know, there's some folks that will just say to me, well, let's meet when the sun is here and they'll point in the sky, you know, when the sun's here, let's get together then. <laughs> so, uh, that's, that's something I had to learn. And I would imagine there's not a lot of email and internet and, uh, chatting and all that stuff. There really isn't. No, uh, there are, we do have cell phones there, but they are very, uh, unreliable um you there's no service plans or anything that you, you just buy cards uh and the, the cards only have maybe 10 minutes worth of time on them so they go fast it's it's not uncommon if you do call someone on the, on the cell phone that the call will be uh, dropped at least four or five times during the conversation uh, it's just it's it's really a pretty frustrating process so the best thing to do is just if you need to talk to that person, go find out where they are and, and go talk to them. That's really <laughs> the best method there. Now, going back to starting them, starting them off with a pipe, do you usually start them off on a on an aromatic blend? Yeah. Well, what I did was uh, this actually about a year ago. I I had um, found um, uh, uh, it. it it's uh, a tobacco. I think it, I got it from uh, Pipe and Cigars, but they, it, it was uh, all of their the, the mixings from the uh, pipe tobacco that were blended for the day. What okay. was ever on the floor, they swept, swept it up and put it in a bag. And uh, so I, I just bought a big amount of that and brought that, and it's actually not too bad. It's, it's pretty good. It's a so, good a good kitchen sink it, blend. Yeah, exactly. So um, that that's usually the the, the one uh, you know that uh, we begin with. They they do have tobacco there, um, but it is it's it's pretty rust stuff. Uh, not uh, real smooth. Not, not a lot of aged blends that are uh, meticulously matched up for the proper uh, aromas and balance. Right, the whole. Thing about blending just is not there. <laughs> now, if uh, if those of us in the pipe community had, oh, I don't know, I'd say pipes that we weren't using, is there a way that we could get them to you for your next trip over there? Actually, uh, that would be really cool. Um, and uh, yes, uh, I. Uh, have I've been in communication uh, with uh, with a fellow there. Uh, his name is Kwaku, and um, he is uh, one of my uh, 
uh, pipe guys. We uh, sit and smoke uh, pipe together. And um, he, uh, he is the guy that I would get the pipes to, and then he will uh, kind of uh, distribute them uh, to, to different people. So if there are some, some pipes that, that, you know, just, I don't know, they sit there and aren't smoked or really not worth much to you, uh, it'd be great um, to uh, pass, pass them along uh, to me. And, um, you know, Brian, you're probably going to want an address, aren't you? <laughs> or an email for you, something that people can uh, reach out to you somehow. Okay. Yeah, let, let's do that. Um, they can uh, definitely email me at carlostribe65 at gmail.com. It's C-A-R-L-O-S-T-R-I-B-E-65 at gmail.com. So just be a nice way for those of us that have extra pipes sitting around that aren't doing anything or maybe have some uh, pipes that we got in a deal that uh, we're not going to use. We could do a little cleaning on them and contact contact Jack and uh, he'll get them off to Africa and maybe we can get some people off of cigarettes. Yeah, that, that, that sounds great. And I know uh, there's plenty of folks that uh, will enjoy that quite a bit. Um, because unfortunately, there are times where, you know, one of my guys will say, oh, you know, I have this friend who wants to have a pipe, but I don't have any to give. So um, then when I come back, you know, there's always a little bit more of a demand. So it'd be, it'd be really neat uh, if we could do something like that. Uh, that would be great. And I would also imagine that uh, maybe some tobacco would be helpful, too. Yeah, uh, that would be. Uh, because... Um, there's just not a lot of alternatives there. So I do, I have to bring, uh, you know, whatever I can with me uh, to give to folks. So uh, that, that would be great. And on the last thing that I noticed real quick, your son and daughter are also smoking, smoking pipes. They are. Um, I, uh, well, you know, my son uh, kind of always uh, was just kind of fascinated by the whole uh, pipe thing. And um, uh, my daughter, uh, as well, she just has a lot of uh, memories of the, the smell of the tobacco. And, and she just, you know, likes that, has a lot of good memories for her. And so this this past Christmas, I actually made each of them a pipe um, and uh, gave that, that to them. And then um, as well as their, my son has a fiancé and, and my, my daughter has a uh, a young man that she's uh, very interested in. So I, I also made a pipe for them as well. So all of us sit together and we smoke our pipes. And then, uh, believe it or not, my wife then got a little jealous and said, hey, uh, why why don't I have a pipe? So I've even gotten her a pipe now. We, <laughs> we are a pipe family for sure. Sounds like it's a, a smoking tribe. It is. It definitely is. All right, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, short or long, doesn't matter. Are you ready? I'm ready. What's your favorite pipe? Um, I'm going to say this last trip home, we spent a few days in Belgium, and I got a Paul Winslow pipe, um, and I really have enjoyed smoking that. So I'm going to say right now that's the one. And what's your favorite tobacco? 
Um, right now, I am enjoying a. It's called the Golden Blend, and uh, it's by McBaron. And uh, I think it's more of just kind of a, a, a burly, um, but I'm just kind of stuck on it right now, enjoying that a lot. But um, I also like uh, I like English blends as well. So. And what's your favorite drink? Well, I'm going to say in the morning uh, coffee uh, with uh, with a pipe, and then in the evening sipping a little scotch with uh, an English blend is, is a nice thing. <laughs> What's your favorite thing to do while smoking your pipe? Uh, my favorite thing to do is to just sit with friends, family, and relax have conversation and just enjoy so i'm gonna guess your favorite place to smoke your pipe is wow uh well i enjoy smoking it in west africa on my porch but i also enjoy smoking it right here in the u.s in any back backyard that i'm at <laughs> that'll wrap it up for us jack thank you for the work you're doing Thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll try to get you some pipes. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Gregory Pease, and you're listening to the Pipes Magazine radio show. There's nothing quite like a good book, or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com. I'm Mark from Ohio, and I've tried so many tobaccos, but I just still can't find something that is just magical, a tobacco that I can fall in love with. I mean, I've tried reading reviews online and participating in forum discussions only to get burned. When I was about to give up, I discovered this amazing matching system for finding my perfect blend at SutliftTobacco.com. That's how I found my perfect blend, and I just love it. Finding the right tobacco doesn't have to be hard. There are lots of tobaccos waiting for you to fall in love with them. Finding that special tobacco shouldn't be left up to chance. Experience the magic of compatibility with our patented perfect match system. Try it at SutliffTobacco.com. Go to SutliffTobacco.com right now and find your perfect blend. Welcome back. Hey, you want to see more of what uh, Jack's doing? He's got a website. It's CarlosTribe.wordpress.com. Or a friend him on Facebook. It's Jack Carlos. Lots of great pictures from Africa. Lots of really good stuff going on there. And again, contact him at carlostribe65 at gmail.com if you've got any extra pipes or extra tobacco that uh, we can get over to West Africa and help some uh, new pipe smokers on their uh, on their pipe smoking journey there. So, all right, for music, we're going back to Gatemouth Brown. Summertime, the heat of the summer, no better than the blues to play. And this is a uh, this is a little bit of a fun one from Gatemouth.
That is the Sea Jam Blues from Clarence Gatemouth Brown. Hey, got any uh, musical requests? Let me know. Post them in the forums. I'll uh, try to get to your requests. Hopefully they're uh, pipe-related, too. Master, I have mail for you. In the mailbag. All right, John, it is good to be back. Hey, maybe between you guys and the fine folks at the Kansas City Pipe Club... Uh, maybe you guys can advertise or promote your pipe clubs around some of the local colleges and help bring some of these uh, younger guys into the pipe clubs and lower the average age below uh, Social Security for your uh, pipe club meetings. Just a thought right there. All right, don't forget, uh, coming up shortly at the end of August, the NASPC's Columbus Pipe Swap. It's August 24th. I believe, 23rd, 24th, in Columbus, Ohio. It's a great one-day show. And if you're not a member of the NASPC, you should be because they put out one heck of a newsletter that's uh, full of some great reading. Uh, September 13th and 14th, the Nashville area pipe swap. Kevin posted some information on that. Uh, the Nashville pipe sale and show conference, or pipe show and sale conference, Kevin posted some information on that. It's September 13th and 14th in Nashville, Tennessee. Richmond, Virginia, 11th, 12th, 13th. The Conclave of Richmond Pipe Smokers. They're gathering again, and it's going to be smoking inside all day long and all night long at the uh, downtown Greater Richmond Convention Center. And then, of course, back to Las Vegas I go for my third trip this calendar year for the West Coast Pipe Show. November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, Palace Station Hotel Casino in Las Vegas. So there's all the stuff on the calendar. I'll be at all of those. Please stop by and say hi to me. Make sure and uh, give me a shout. I'll be there. Wouldn't miss them. All right, rant time's coming up next. Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog and the wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. 
<laughs> In fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at smokingpipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes. I smoke them. Gotta run. <laughs> just log on to smokingpipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are smokingpipes.com. This is Internet Radio. Cowboy. Cowboy. We have come to the end of another fine show, and here is my rant. I'm an idiot. But thankfully, I am never, never, never too old to learn something new. And here's what happened. My first night in Las Vegas, I was, uh, got there, you know, was tired, but I wanted to stay up. I was pushing myself to stay up late to try to adjust, and it had been a long day anyway, but I decided that I was going to take a walk. So I took a walk over towards the forum shops at Caesars Palace. If you haven't been there before... Huge, massive mall full of really fancy shops. I used to run the Dunhill store in there, so I know the I know the layout basically, but it's changed since then. So I go, I get out and I start walking, and I figure I'll go look around at all the fancy shops and see what's going on. Just get out and take a walk. Well, in my walk and walking through the mall, I'm on my way out, and I look and I notice that Thomas Pink, the shirt maker, the world famous shirt maker from England has a store there and they've got a sign in their window that just beckons my name it's my favorite brand what do they have sale 50 percent off so i go in uh, with no intentions of anything to learn anything and i walk in there and i'm looking around and they've got some of their really nice dress shirts their dress shirts start out at about 120 dollars and go up to 200 and whatever but they've got some on a sale rack for 50% off. They've got some that were marked down and then marked down 50% from that. So I'm looking around and I find this line of shirts that Thomas Pink has called the Traveler Shirt. And the gentleman that's working there explains to me that this shirt, all you do is you hang it up and you steam it a little bit. Or you hit it with a light iron. And after being folded for two days in a suitcase, the wrinkles will drop right out. Now... Let's go back. I've been traveling for business for about 15 years, and I know I've got some shirts at home that are, I would say, better for traveling. They don't wrinkle quite as much, but I've definitely got some shirts for travel that don't wrinkle, uh, that don't handle the travel that well. I do have some nice suits for trade shows and stuff like that that do handle the travel well. So I get a couple of these shirts. They're marked down from like $130 down to $49.99. I get a couple of them. I take them back to the room. I hang them up in the bathroom, shower, steam them up, and the wrinkles drop right out of them. Son of a gun, aren't they right? So I found two more shirts that were in my size, different styles. I now own four of them. They are great shirts. I'm now on a new mission to find myself some really good traveling business shirts I need to have about six or eight of them would be perfect for me. And I'm never too old to learn something new. That's the other thing I like about this hobby. You're never too old to learn something new about the hobby and meet fascinating people in it. So 
Make sure, and if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us a comment and a review. That does help the show get found. Follow us on Facebook. Got any comments, any suggestions, post them on the forums. I do check out every comment that's posted, and I enjoy reading them all. With that, I'll say thank you to everybody for tuning in. Thank you for being loyal listeners to this uh, worldwide little pipe show that we do here. And thank you to Sutliff Tobacco Company. And until next time. The clouds when we're together. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy Celebrity voices are impersonated. Alrighty then. <laughs>